0: I think with that sensory processing, that's something that I relate to and I think it's something that I see a lot is just mothers saying, every mother actually that I know has said, I just want to lie down in a dark room. Something that I'm so curious about is how does someone listening to this thinking, well, I completely relate to a lot of the characteristics that Sam's talked about. How does someone know whether it's just the intensity of motherhood, of fast-paced modern life, of the mental load? Like I am crazy forgetful, but I think that's because I don't actually think I have ADHD. I think it's because my mental load is just so high, the things that I'm holding on to. So I walk into a room and I forget why I'm there. I forget, but I don't think that's a neurodivergence in my brain. I don't think my brain is wired differently I think it's just how much I'm holding. So how does someone differentiate between being neurodivergent and just being an overwhelmed mum? You know, the crazy way that we mother today. You're completely right. (laughs) Being
1: overwhelmed as a mother and reaching a certain age can look a lot like neurodivergence, you know, and ADHD. But in order for you to be diagnosed with ADHD, the impairments would have had to exist before the age of 12. So you would have to have always felt like you're different. And a lot of us who are wouldn't know that because we never fitted in, you know, and we knew that we had to try that much harder to try and look like other people, (laughs) you know, and a lot of us call this masking or coping that, is something that you're always aware you know, especially when you're autistic, like you look at the world through systems, you don't just look at it like any other people. You start to talk a bit like a philosopher sometimes, you know, but that's a very specific type of autistic person. So yeah, it has to exist before the age of 12. And these impairments have had to happen to all areas of your life, your work, your relationships, your studies. Suppose now, yeah, so they look for symptoms of impulsivity, hyperactivity, and ADHD sometimes my brain doesn't click it's like you know hello <laughs> you, know, are you there? but yeah there are a lot of criteria you know that people look at but then to get to them you need a psychiatrist who understands and asks the right questions so there are more than just the three traits you know hyperactive impulsive and inattentive there are also emotional dysregulation that women would know if you have it because it's literally you go from zero to a hundred emotional flooding happens in an instant and then you know maybe within 10-15 minutes you go back to normal and act like what, what do you mean like you don't remember having that intensity it's not that you don't remember you just don't remember how you got there and come out of it it's very fast and one thing I love as well about ADHD is not all negative and I agonize over how to reframe everything because I've had a lot of good experiences in my life and it's not just all doom and gloom. A lot of it was, you know, when I love you know, something I do, if I love someone, I have a really good time understanding all about the subject and the person. I've had this social justice element that a lot of ADHDers also have where you need an emotional purpose to what you do and you need to make a difference through that the mind wandering element that people tend to talk about ADHD also is coinciding with the seed of your imagination where you know spontaneous thoughts can pop in your brain at any one time especially when someone is talking you're thinking about something else when they don't hold your attention but these gives rise to creativity you know thoughts that what ADHD is known as ideas machine we (laughs) churn out ideas Like nothing else, it's uh, just uh, you you need the executors to bring your ideas far. But yeah, there are a lot of little traits you know that make up ADHD, and it's not all bad. Yeah.
0: One of these traits that I saw you talk about, which I just think is incredible, is that if you have ADHD, you tend to feel first. You tend to experience the world through your feeling self. Tell us about that, because to me, that sounds like a superpower. Well, in some ways, <laughs> yeah. So, as a neurodivergence, I mean ADHD and
1: autism, we feel the world first before we think about where we are. That's because our brain has a stronger bottom-up signaling than top-down, and the bottom-up is from the sensory inputs that your brain is receiving from the environment. So, it's what you see, feel, and hear. We also have really sharp instincts because of that. But because these feelings are so strong, sometimes it can cloud our judgment. And because the top down signaling isn't as strong, it's a challenge. So, how do you make sense of these feelings that you get? It's like, you know, when you meet someone, you think there's something either right or not right about them. And you want to trust those instincts. But then because of that signaling being not as strong, we can't rationalize it. So then we second-guess ourselves, we go around in circles. (laughs) And that's why being medicated later in life was quite a revealing experience. And I know that some of us have gotten that clarity anyway through self-medicating, whether it's through coffee or various other things and vices. So those moments of clarity do come to us. It's an interesting, interesting way of being.